0: Island Church in Galveston, Texas welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Amen, amen. Y'all ready to study the Word on redemption here? Praise God, I tell you. The Lord is so good. Matthew chapter 16. Now we're in the part of Teaching, and we could stay in the Gospels for quite a while if we decided to, but it behooves us to move on down what I call that path of redemption in which God began back in Genesis 3.15. Now, there's a lot that went on in the Gospels. We see by the Word of God, you know, Hebrews 11.1, 1, excuse me, Hebrews uh, uh, chapter 1, verse 1, God who at sundry times in diverse matters Spoken times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in the last days spoken unto us by his Son. One translation says, spoken unto us in the language of his Son. Amen. So we know that the Gospels reveal to us the nature of the Father. It's amazing when we we study the Gospels, Jesus never took any credit for any miracle. He never took any credit for any any revelation and he didn't even take any credit for the plan that got him to the to the earth in the first place he said now the will of god the word of god and the works they're all the fathers amen and then i'm the fathers that's why i do what i hear him say i say what i see him do i do so he must have walked up to blind people and saw god healing them and healed them amen you know, that's what the compassion of God is all about, is to see see a situation. Compassion is that, different from different, from different things that people, people uh, exhibit in their character. Compassion is the ability to see a problem and then do something about it. A lot of times we look at things and say, well, I wish we could sure do something about that. But that's not compassion. Compassion to do something about it. So God began to do something about all the plights of man, physical, mental, spiritual, all of it. I mean, he began to, Jesus began to forgive people. He forgave a woman caught in the very act of adultery. Many of the people that he healed, he said, go and sin no more, thy sins be forgiven thee. Even got into a into a confrontation with the Sadducees and Pharisees because he did uh, bring up the question of the forgiveness of sin and said, well, what's, what's, what's it easier for me to do? To forgive his sins or to raise him up talking to a man with a palsy. He said, well, I'll just do both. (laughs) Forgave him sins and raised him up. Isn't that cool? Thank God. I mean, Jesus, he he was cool. He was excessive. Amen. So we begin to see all these natures of God begin to be revealed, his compassion. But then we see another nature. He had this, this, this objective fervor against religion. He just had this, you know, and we had the, at that time we had the Levites, we had the lawyers, and the, and the system had become so corrupted that, that the purity of the Levites was not, was not even there anymore. You could buy a position on the Sanhedrin and you didn't have to be a Levite. Hey, did, you, did y'all, anybody listen to, Joe, to Joe, uh, Brother Joe Morris today talking about how they have those Levites, uh, and they're, they're pure Levites now that are the priesthood that are ready? You know, Israel is getting ready for their Messiah. Did you know that? I mean, they're not just saying, well, maybe he's going to. No, they've got the red heifer. They've got the temple plans. They've got, they've got the Levites being trained. I mean, <laughs> these, these people believe Jesus is coming back. I wish we could get there, Amen. Hallelujah. I mean, that's awesome. But anyway, in these Gospels, this is what's amazing about the Gospel. Then we see something very important in the Gospels, and we see the way faith operates. We see the way faith operates in very simple people with enormous complicated problems who just heard of Jesus and thought Jesus could do something about it and got a miracle from God. I mean, absolutely awesome. The anointing was on the earth in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now that same anointing's in all of us. Amen. People say, well, I, I, you know, you, if I could really feel something that I'd admit. No, that never happens that way. You just got to minister to people by faith. Pray for people by faith. Listen, if you got friends that are sick and you can't get them to church for prayer, you pray for them. You got a loved one in the hospital. I, you know, I don't need to go up there. You got the same faith, the same word, the same Jesus, the same anointing as I got amen? Jesus showed us that. He even, anointed, he even anointed 12, then he anointed 70 more, and he sent them out to do it. And he, they were only doing that by proxy. We do it by commission. Yeah. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, proxy is you say, well, I'm just going to give my word. You just act on my word. By, by commission means it's like an officer has been commissioned. You have not only the authority, but you have the right to use the power. See, so you, you give a guy a commission in the military and set him in a combat unit, he has the authority to use the artillery, to call in air, uh, uh, artillery strikes. He has the authority to get on the radio and call in the helicopters, call in the air. He has the authority because he's been commissioned. He can, he can use the power. Oh, come on, church. He can, not, not, see, Jesus. Jesus is the example to us of a man or a woman walking in correct relationship to his God. Access to the father. When he talked to the father, he knew his father listened. When the father talked to him, he didn't say it thundered or asked what did he say. Provision, what was needed? Well, the storm needs to be calm. The provision was there. Well, we got 5,000 people we need to feed. The provision was there. We've got to pay our taxes. The provision was there. Amen? So we've got to realize that this three and a half your ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus being a unique individual upon the earth in that he was, the Bible calls, the second Adam. I like the term the last Adam. You say, what do you mean the last Adam? Well, there was the first Adam, and we were all identified in the first Adam, became a part of the human family. Then Jesus came as the second Adam or the last Adam, and because of that, when we get born again, we get into a brand new family because not of the first birth, but of the new birth. And Jesus came not only to to make the the new birth available, but to do the best he could to explain to his disciples what it was all about and to show them. Amen. I mean, he said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. Then, Then basically he asked the question of the ages. You say, what is the question of the ages? Who do you say that I, the son of man, am? Not of what denomination you are. Not how much money did you give in the camp meeting. Amen? No, who do you say that I, the Son of Man, am? Now, if you study the Gospels, it's always a thrill to study the Gospels with miracles in mind, with healings in mind. But then there's this this underlying current in the Gospels. And if you see it as you read the Gospels, you'll see that Jesus is headed for something. Amen? He's headed for something, and He's beginning to talk about it, or He's beginning to reveal it. Now, I've made this statement in teaching on faith. And I believe I can back it up by the word of God. I don't think it would be hard to do. But I believe the majority of what Jesus said about his death, burial, and resurrection in the gospels, he did not say it for our benefit. He said it for his own. You say, what do you mean he said it for... It was his own confession. Because when he rose from the dead and the disciples were searching for him, the angel appeared and he said, go tell them he has risen as he said. So he was basically just using confession. They didn't understand it. As a matter of fact, it was after he rose from the dead. The Bible says, then opened he the eyes of their understanding that they might understand the gospel. They didn't even understand it after he rose from the dead. They're like, what's going on? We saw him die. We saw him suffer. We saw him go in a tomb. They rolled the stone away. Now there he is. Well, then he went back in the scripture and began at the very beginning, the Bible says, to open the eyes of their understanding so they would know. And they begin to know this is the virgin-born Son of God that came to the earth, died for our sins. Now He's risen from the dead. Could you imagine what that was like for Him to be standing right there in front of Him after witnessing the crucifixion? Man, we'll talk about that a little more in a minute. It carries some awesome power. But we begin to see this underlying. Now, I, I, I don't know. If you will, go to Matthew. Did I tell you Matthew 17? 16, I'm sorry, 16. Now, Matthew 16. This is where Jesus began to reveal the reality of, of the church. Upon this rock, I'll build my church. The revelation of who I am in you. You'll all be a little part, just like Peter was had his part. You have. Listen, I like what, what Pastor John Osteen said years ago. He says, you know, in 1907, uh, 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 William Seymour he had his day. Amen. He had his day, and then we had, uh, you know, the Richies, Raymond T. Richie, his dad, uh, Raymond T. uh, Richie Sr. and Jr., they had their day, the great revivals in Houston, and the full gospel businessmen, they had their day, and the charismatic move, they had their day, and the healing revival had their, but listen, now this is our day. I said, now this is our day. You say, what day is this? This is the last days. The last day's church, the perilous times, going through them by faith, living in joy, peace, and righteousness, and receiving the blessing and the mercy and the grace of God that God has aimed and designed for these last days. Living in the joy of the Lord because it's our strength. Amen? But now he begins to talk about the church. You know, the gates of hell shall not prevail. I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. You're going to be able to operate in this kingdom. It's my kingdom coming upon the earth. Now, after that, now notice. go to verse... Go to verse... Uh, Go to verse 26. No, go to verse 20. Go to verse 20. This this will give you a little better picture. It says, Then charged he his disciples that they should not tell, that they should tell no man he was Jesus the Christ. Now, why would they do that? Because he did not want them to start an insurrection. Did you get that when, 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 Pastor Christopher was teaching on the cross. See, see, for years I had in my mind. See, I've, I'd heard that teaching before, but for years I had in my mind that all these people laying those palm leaves down, they were good people. Those weren't good people. Those, those were all rebels. Those were all people that were that were part of uh 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 what was his name that 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 that, that was part of Barabbas's crowd, and laying those palm leaves. mean, we're lay, we're laying it down. This is our king and we will die to support our king. But the problem was, is he wasn't riding on a steed. So he was not agreeing. His presentation was not agreeing with what they were saying. That's why a Roman army just didn't go in there and cut them all up. Amen. But now, he began to tell them from the time that Peter said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, he began to say, don't tell anybody that because their minds were too twisted toward a natural kingdom. My goodness, they had prayed for 400 years that God had given their country back and now the Romans occupied. Amen. You know, God can pull off his plan anywhere. Don't care what kind of government's in power. Well, if the Democrats are in power, we can't have revival. Where if the Republicans are in power, we can't. Come on, church. That, That responsibility is not on either one of them. It's on us. Now, notice verse 21. This is where I wanted to get to. So from that time forth, Jesus began to show uh, unto his disciples how that he must go to Jerusalem, suffer many things of the elders and of the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and raised again on the third day. Now, could you imagine that the coolest person you ever met in your entire life, male or female, I don't care who you are. And I'm not talking about the females being, you know, some kind of, I'm talking about, you know, like Mary of Magdalene, This, this this ain't my boyfriend, friend, favorite preacher, this is my Lord. You know what I'm talking about? That kind of a person. We've never had a person like that. But just think, if you did, and you hung around them, and they were healing people, and you were eating bread that they had done a miracle to produce, and they had star uh, called, calmed the sea, cast out devils, raised the dead, and then they start saying, "Well, they're going to kill me. They're going to kill me. They're going to kill me. They're going to crucify me. They're going to hang me on a cross." I mean, I'm going to. I mean, you, you kind you just couldn't do the man. Man, you think, man, you got so much power. How can anybody kill you? Well, see, they didn't understand the concept that he was laying down his life. Now notice. It says, And Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be far from thee, Lord. Lord, this shall not be done unto thee. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those things that be of men. Now, he wasn't saying that Peter was Satan, but he heard the plan of the devil through Peter's mouth. He heard the idea or the temptation, just as much as those were temptations in Matthew chapter 4. Here in Matthew chapter 16, that's a temptation right there. Amen? I mean, he's going, what do you mean you're going to die? Man, you got power. you got anointing. God answers your prayers immediately. We've seen an amazing, some amazing things, and you're just going to roll over and die on us? See, he didn't understand the things of God. He was still thinking of the things of men, not the things of God. See, he did not realize that for thousands, that almost, almost a millennial, a little more than a millennial, hundreds of years, they had acted out a drama in Israel of lambs being slaughtered and blood being offered. Lambs being slaughtered, blood being offered. Lambs being slaughtered. Could you imagine? I mean, when they, when they dedicated Solomon's temple, they, they slaughtered thousands, tens of thousands of lambs. Spotless, perfect, beautiful lambs. Could you imagine what that sounded like? What that looked like? How much blood was flowing? You know what they were doing, don't you? They were rehearsing a scene that would take place one day, in which the Lamb, not a lamb, the Lamb of God, would take his blood and offer it in the mercy seat for you and I. And the drama of this beginning, and I don't mean, I don't mean the uh, you know, the, the 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 prophetic drama, I mean the real drama. I don't mean the prophetic drama that started in Genesis 3:15 and came down through the Scriptures all through the Old Covenant and into the, into the prophets and into the Psalms. I'm talking about this. Now, this is it. This is when we stay, step on stage and this begins to happen, just like, just like it's happening right now. I said, just like it's said. See, he, 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 he came. Now, he's coming back. The same dramas are taking place, church. We have to understand that. We have to be aware of that. Are we going to get our eyes on the wor- world and we're going to get caught up with what's going on in the world? Instead of caught up in the church. But there's there's a drama taking place right now. But there was a drama that began back then with Jesus beginning to talk about, talk about. And he did. He rehearsed it to him. He talked about the temple. He said, tear this temple down. And in three days and three nights, I'll raise it up. He thought they were talking about a physical building. He was talking about the temple of his body revealing two things, that he would rise from the dead and that the human body would become the habitation of the Holy Ghost. It would become the cleansed temple. Woo! glory to God. That's us. Oh, that's us, amen? So all of these factors, these underlying realities and truths that have to do with redemption are beginning to happen, beginning to take place, and Jesus, listen, Jesus is marching toward the cross. Wow. And ain't nobody going to stop it. You say, well, why didn't he just continue to do signs and wonders? He could have done it forever. He would have never died. He would have still been on the planet doing signs, wonders, and miracles. You say, why? Because it takes sin to kill the human body. It takes sin. If you don't have sin in your blood, you won't die. Let's see. We were all born with sin in our blood. Well, where'd we get it? We got it from our father, who got it from his father, who got it from his father, who got it from his father, who got it from the first father, which is Adam. But thank God, the last Adam came. Amen. So remember the Gospels when you study them, principles of faith. Remember it reveals. It's the portrait of the beauty, of the beauty. Of the nature of the Father. But now here Jesus is beginning to make a turn. Now notice what happens here. This is interesting. I thought I'd let me read it to the end, then I'll make a couple of comments and we'll close. It says Jesus said unto disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Now, now the cross is the will of God for you. I can't bear your cross, you can't bear mine. Amen. And the thing is, is for every one of us. Now, the cross, you say, well, what do you mean? There's a place where I'm going to get beat up. No, no. There is a destiny for every person that makes Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior. And that's called the cross because it is a life of sacrifice. You give up your desires, your ambitions, everything you want to do, everywhere you want to go, and you go where God wants you to go, do what God wants you to do. Amen. You adopt a new family mentality. You become the family of God, not the family of man. And let me just say this, I hope because we're going to dig into this a little more. I hope you realize this, but but when you got born again, everything about you died. That means all the good, the bad, and the ugly. You say, where did it die? Jesus took it on the cross, died on the cross with it. So you have to reckon everything in your past is dead. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away, all things have become new. Amen. I am crucified with him, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me and the life I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved and gave himself to me. You've got to reckon yourself dead to all of that. Not only, listen, a lot of people, now listen, a lot of people think, well, you know, I've got these curses in my life. Christopher, Christopher, uh, he addressed that too. Because there's a, you know, anytime God starts moving, there's always the crazy that starts. Well, I got, I got these generational curses. Honey, you got them all the way back to Adam. You want to talk about generational curse? You want to dig into that? Okay, we'll dig into that. I'd rather not. I'd rather just be free in Jesus' name. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. I heard somebody say that to me one time. I said, are you out of your mind? Now, let me just say this real quick because as we continue to dig in, especially here next week, the next week, next few weeks, as we get into the passion of this drama, And you see how this individual suffered for you. He did not have to do it for himself. He did not have to do it on behalf of God. And he did not have to do it on behalf of creation because he could have wiped all of us off the planet and started all over with them fresh and new. So this is is the mercy of Almighty God that we're even here knowing things that the Bible says that the sages of old looked into and they they, they had no idea and we get to know it openly and freely unbelievable. I mean, just just unbelievable that we live in a time like that. Amen? So the cross, your cross, there's sacrifice. There's giving up of your own ambition and will, just like Jesus did. The Bible says in Philippians 2, he made himself of no reputation, was made in the likeness of man, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. But then you got to read the other side of the verse. Wherefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name above every name any cross you bear for him he's got a resurrection for you on the other side any sacrifice you give up he's got something a hundred times better yes. his earthwork he reveals the nature of the father the questions were answered in the gospels can I be forgiven pretty important question especially if you think there are things God wouldn't forgive you for but the answer is yes you can be forgiven actually your sins can be remitted when you're born again can I be healed Matthew chapter 8 that's exactly what the leper asked him he said I know you can heal me but my problem is I don't know if you want to and Jesus forever answered the question and said I will establishing healing establishing healing as part of the covenant we have in Christ Can I be delivered? Pastor, I've been bound by this. Mama was bound by this. Grandma was bound. Daddy was bound by it. Yes, you can be delivered. You can be set free. Amen. How about this one? Can I be cleansed? Pastor, you don't know how I've lived. You don't know what I've done. You You don't know what kind of immorality. Yes, you can be cleansed. The blood of Jesus cleanses all of humanity from all sin and unrighteousness. Amen. How about this? Can I go to heaven? Yeah, we we may think that's kind of funny to ask that question, but Jesus answered that question. He said, in my Father's house, there are many mansions. (laughs) He said, if it wasn't true, I wouldn't tell you. Oh, come on, church. He said, if it wasn't true, and then here's the good news, I'm going away to prepare a place for you so I can come get you and bring you to the place I prepared for you. He revealed the Father. He revealed His words and His works. He revealed God's plan, for God so loved the world. He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believed on Him might not perish but have everlasting life. Amen? He gave us the Holy Spirit. Proof that the temple has been cleansed and proof that Jesus has risen from the dead is the reality that the Spirit of God abides in you and empowers you through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That is proof of the resurrected Christ. Ooh, glory to God. Now, he, he continues in verse 25. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what does it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? I think of some of these men today that they think they've got so much power and wealth, and they control the ebb and flow of, and they're just poor vagabonds passing through the earth with their billions of dollars, don't, not knowing they're headed for a sinner's hell. What a wretched life to have to live, to depend on your money for eternity. Whoa. Amen. For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of His Father with His angels, and He shall reward every man according to His works. Verily I say unto you that some be standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the Son of Man coming in His kingdom. Now a lot of people read that say, now what is He talking about? Well, when did the Son of Man come in His kingdom? Do you know? When He rose from the dead. He came, the word kingdom is dominion. He came out of that tomb with the dominion the devil offered him in Mark chapter 4 where he said the glory of all these kingdoms are yours if you'll bow down and worship. Well, Jesus said, I'm going to bow down, but I ain't going to worship. I'm going to bow down, but I'm going to rise up. (laughs) And he rose up and spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of them opening. Now the kingdoms of this world are the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ from henceforth and forevermore and you are now in that kingdom. And there were those that were there that witnessed the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and were there at the day of Pentecost, and they were there when Peter preached the first message of the church, and they were there when 3,000 got saved, and they were there when Paul got saved, and they were there when Cornelius got right, and they were there when all the book of Acts happened, and they saw the kingdom of God established on the earth, and they were beginning to experience the kingdom of heaven because of the kingdom of God. You say, oh, how, where do they experience the kingdom of heaven? Well, Paul was experiencing the kingdom of heaven when he was living over a grate over the sewer of Rome while he was in jail writing letters to the church at Philippi, Philippi and writing letters to Timothy. He was enjoying his stay in the kingdom of heaven upon earth. That was his heaven upon earth. Do you think there's any place he'd rather be? No. He said, I know whether I'm, whether I'm a based or whether I abound. He says, my circumstance makes no difference to me. Only thing that means anything to me is my chase, my quest, my goal, that I might know Him. That I might know Him in the power of His resurrection, fellowship of His suffering, being conformed unto the unity of His death. I'm telling you, these heavenly truths will be the truths that will sustain you in the darkest nights ahead just knowing that you are in the kingdom of God and your life is part of the kingdom of heaven manifesting on earth. God cares for you. God loves you. And I'm going to tell you something. He's going to keep you. And I know there's a lot out there. People are talking about the last days, the end times. I mean, I bring people here that I trust, that I agree with. And I believe, as, as Joe Morris taught us, these should be the glorious, the most glorious days of the church upon the earth where we should enjoy some of the greatest breakthrough miracles ever experienced in the body of Christ. I don't know if it's going to be an extended period of what God does. I don't think it will be. The Bible says that lest these days were cut short, even the very elect would be deceived. Yeah. But the good news is we got a good foundation. We're, staying, we're sticklers and staying with the Word of God. God's given us a good company of men and women around us. Amen that support us and help us and given us a good group of people to support. We're right where we need to be, doing right what we need to be doing. Amen? Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. He still walks the earth today. He's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord, Savior, Healer, Baptizer, in the Holy Ghost. Our peace, our joy, our prosperity, our righteousness, the glory, and the lift of our heads. Hallelujah. I'm so glad I'm saved. Amen. Stand on your feet this evening. Praise God. Why don't we lift our hands and worship God before we leave? Just take a moment and thank him for his goodness and his mercy. Thank him for for all he's done. Think think about what he's done for you. Just think about what he's done for you for a moment. Think for just a moment what he's done for you. All the good things he's done for you. Hallelujah. I hope your list is long like mine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for being who you are, our elder brother, the risen Savior, glorious healer, baptizer in the Holy Ghost, Savior of the lost, restorer of the breach, the umpire, the one with his hand upon the Father and his hand upon me. Thank you, Lord God. Father, we lift up Lloyd Lane tonight, Pastor Lloyd. Thank you for heaven. Thank you for Pastor Cheryl being in heaven, Lord. Father, we lift up Lloyd, the, the girls, their husbands, all the wonderful grandchildren, Miracle Christian Center in Buffalo, Texas, all the friends and family. Let the comfort of God, comfort of God, comfort of God be upon that church. Let your glory, let your glory, at this time, let your glory, let your glory be upon them. Thank you, Father, for your protection, your safety. No evil befalls us, no plague comes nigh us. angels have charge over us. Thank you whether we travel on the highways, airways, seaways, or railways, or whatever the righteous labor of our hand may be, your hand of protection and blessing is upon us. Thank you, Jesus. You put into us a desire for the lost to be saved, for the hurting to be healed. So we thank you for encounters in the next few days in which we can be a blessing to people and an answer to their prayer, a problem to the devil who torments their life. Lord, as we leave tonight, we walk in faith and love towards you and love toward one another. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church, we are covered by the blood, empowered by the word. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.